It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. So Johnson going to the lift, getting the extra man. It looks like Storm broke early. It's a wide pass. Here's Cossie. He's going to go in for three. Is he? Yes, he is. In the left-hand corner. They needed something, and they got it. Cossie gets a hat-trick, and the Warriors claw back the deficit with a four-pointer. Well, that was our very own Sam Hewitt uh, commentating on the Warriors' second homecoming game at Mount Smart Stadium for SCNZ, where Ed Cossie picked up a hat-trick of tries. Uh, we're 20 rounds down in the NRL, and while the Melbourne Storm got their win over the Warriors to get the monkey off their back, there's been plenty of controversy around foul play, with one incident requiring Josh Curran to see a dentist after his teeth were left in pieces. Fresh from his own brekkie show on the other side of the Tasman at SENZ, uh, uh, sorry, SEN 11.70 in Sydney, uh, we're joined by the voice of a rugby league, uh, Andrew Voss. Fossey, good morning to you. You called the game with possibly the greatest interest of the round. That was the Sea Eagles against the Roosters. Uh, I just need to know uh, really what your impressions were after all the controversy of the week leading up to it. Uh, thank you, Smithy. Good morning. Yeah, just a run of the mill weekend again in rugby league. <laughs> rugby league. What are we going to talk about? Look, I've got to say, I think, and I made an observation during the game, I thought Daly Cherry Evans was playing mentally exhausted, and I think that was all of us. Like, we'd just been hammered. This was this story was all-encompassing, and the, the, the second half just fizzled. Man, it was the one of the worst second halves of... One of the worst halves of football I've seen this year. It was horrible. There was only one try with three minutes ago. I think we were, we were just over it. I, I know we shouldn't be. It's a serious issue and all of that, but I think because it was just so... Um, it just kept captivating of all of us for 48 hours or longer going into the game that we were all exhausted by the end of it. Look, it's still, it's still an issue. It's going to remain an issue. It doesn't go away. Um, and and the, the one thing I don't understand with the seven players, I still don't actually know what they're opposed to. And I don't say that lightly. So what the, the club wore the jersey. Now, these players need to understand, the club still stands for the same principles this week, next week, next month, next year. It's just that they don't necessarily wear the pride jersey every week. So if they really have a problem with the club stand, should they, should they ever play for them again? Um, and, I, and again, I'm, I'm throwing that out there, that these players, unless we hear publicly what they're thinking and what they're opposed to, then we are left for our minds and thoughts to go everywhere. The Manly Club stands for what it did last week and showed and wore the pride jersey, but they still stand for the same principles this week. So are the players happy to take a, play, a paycheck from the club this week if they're at a club that stands for something there so so against via their religious beliefs? It's a, it's, it's a big discussion, but gee, I'd love it if, Smithy, we could just talk about football and injuries and controversies and all those sorts of things on the field. It was interesting because uh, I, I read an article uh, which basically, I, I think, finished it off where the players had, had basically... Um, had come forth and said, look, here's the thing. Uh, it was the, the way you went about it. Uh, it was, you know, you didn't involve us in the discussions. That, that's what hurt us. That's what put us off. I mean, really? Yeah, well, that have made a difference. <laughs> yeah, well, that have made a difference. Yeah, well, you know, that's just such a, that's just such a buck pass, that, for mine. You know, that's my honest opinion there. That, and, and, yet, and, yes, they should, uh, the players should have been told that it's coming up, but they are, it's not like they have input in it. No, this is where the club stands. It's not some radical stance that the club's taken, something they're doing, they're not getting players to speak there. They had, a, they had three players used in a photo opportunity in the jumpers pre the match. 
Um, no, no, I can't accept that. And, and it, look, it's going to be a story revisited. It'd be a story that we revisit with every club. You know, if any club decides to wear a pride jersey, I suppose they're going to have to tackle this issue if those are of similar religious beliefs. So it ain't going away, this particular story. But as I said, I, I think we all copped so much of it last week. We're probably relieved in some senses um, to be talking about, you know, uh, send-off controversy and those sorts of things and upset results. So where does that leave uh, Manly now in terms of the comp? Oh, like, well, in, in very dangerous ground. I mean, look, it's, a, it's such a tight race down the bottom of the eight with the, the Roosters and the Raiders. The, the Dragons are gone. I think we can say they're out of contention, Smithy, um, and their points differential's terrible. But Manly would need... Well, Destiny's out of their hands. Once you drop out of the eight, you're now relying on teams ahead of you to, um, to, to, to slip and you have to keep winning. And because it, it was like a four-point game, because you're playing one of your challenges, you know, you lose, they win, they get ahead of you. So that, that's a problem for Manly. Um, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a tightly fought race. I saw enough in the first half from the Roosters to say they finish in the top eight. So perhaps I saw enough in the game on the field that the Roosters will snuff out any chance Manly have anyway. The Roosters will keep on winning and Manly, you know, even if they did keep on winning, but if the Roosters keep on winning, it mightn't be good enough. Okay, let's uh, can we uh, just have a quick look at uh, the Warriors' performance as such. Uh, early on in the game, it, it uh, looked like Nelson the sofa. Solomon had got away with it after his uh, hit on Wade Hegan, breaking, breaking several of his teeth, uh, but he has avoided being charged by the Match Review, uh, match review Committee. Did you have a, uh, have a look at that? Were you watching the same evidence, if you were? I'm yet to find anyone outside of the Match Review Committee who doesn't believe he should have been charged. I mean, I had Cameron Smith on my program this morning, Greg Alexander. Andrew Johns was very strong about it yesterday. He was, even Jake say, months, months out of the game. So these guys aren't silly. You know, they've been around the game, the football game all their life, and they see a problem with the tackle. How can the Match Review Committee be so different to some of the greats of our game? Um, so yeah, that's a that's a big one from the weekend. And I think we are entitled to explanation today on it from you know, Graham Inslee has his Monday review. I think we're entitled to hear an explanation as to why um, there would be no charge at all there. Um, and, and then you have on the other end of the scale. I mean, the previous week Corey Riddell caught five matches for you know dangerous contact around the face of Tino Fasil Malawi. Then you have Thomas Burgess the other night. Like that was that was that really a send off? Like yes, he's been charged, but it's very minor. But was it was it was it a send-off? I didn't think it was a send-off offence, given how few and far between we have send-offs. So I, I was staggered by that. I think, I know we go back to this well many times, but boy, oh boy, we struggle, don't we? we it's the, it's the, the most consistent thing about match review, send-off, sin-bidding and all of that is the inconsistency, Smithy. <laughs> and nothing changes. Nothing changes um, year in, year out. Uh, you know, Peter Volandi said it would get better. Well, it hasn't got better. It hasn't. Simply hasn't. No, it hasn't. And um, it's, it, as you say, it's a weekly occurrence. So the Storm winning 24-12 in the end, which um, I guess it just stopped the bleeding a wee bit from their point of view. They still currently sit, uh, what, fourth equal, uh, 10 behind the Panthers. Yeah. So have you see anything in that they're performance? Back, that, they? um, they're not back. No. Melbourne's not no. back. Um, but but it, it was vital that they got the two points. Okay. Right. Uh, let's uh, look at uh, the Tigers. Uh, loaning out uh, star winger David uh, Nofoaluma to the Melbourne Storm for the rest of the season. The Tigers, in their own right, um, have turned a, a bit of a corner. Yeah, well, well, 
obviously should have beaten the Cowboys last week. They should be two from two from the past two weeks, and they play Newcastle this Sunday. Um, so they can avoid the wooden spoon. They can just keep on winning. But on the David North Luma one, look, it's with the total um, blessing of the Tigers, so how can you criticise what's unfolded? But it's just the principle of it. As a fan, hard to get your head around how the team coming last helps out the team, you know, that was one of the premiership favourites. <laughs> you know, how, does that, how does that work? Um, and, and all it is is just, you know, a bit of financial kickback and, and money and that sort of thing. But surely to the Tigers fans, avoiding the wooden spoon is as important to them right now as it is to the Tigers, uh, to the Melbourne Storm making the top four. They're fighting their different battles. So you'd like to think Nathan Norfoluma, as a senior player at the club, even if he's not playing first grade, he's got something to offer, doesn't he? Like he's part of the... He's part of the group, and you loan him out for a few weeks, five weeks to help the Melbourne Storm. So, you know, I suppose I'm, I'm opposed to the um, I'm opposed to the principle of that, just as a fan. But hard to argue when the Tigers have given it their blessing. So, that's all. Good performance, uh, just the same though. Uh, the Broncos have been pretty warm this year. Uh, the Tigers, under their new uh, coaching hierarchy, as such, uh, they look. They look good. I mean, it's like, uh, why don't we do this earlier? <laughs> oh, look, I'll tell you the question mark out of the game, and I called it with, you know, Corey Parker, <laughs> man who played 347 games for the Broncos. There's a little current, undercurrent of concern in Brisbane that some of the success is going to their head. There's been a lot of social media postings, out having a good time at this and that, that, you know, the Cameron Smiths of this world will tell you that, no, no, you know, five weeks out from the season, six weeks out from the end of the season, and you're in with a crack. You bunker down, you have senior players get them together and say, right, we make a pact now, we limit that, it's all about the football. You make your sacrifices, you know, we're, we're going to cut right back on the on the socialising and that sort of thing, and it's all about the football because we've got ourselves in a position where we might even win the comp. So maybe they're a little loose at the moment, and that's something that Kevin Walters will need to address because the game I watched the other night featured a side that just wanted it more. You know, there was more desire, there was harder running, from the Tigers than there was from the Broncos. So it was a bit disappointing for Brisbane the other night. It was a, a really good match, and I, I thought this would be one of the matches of the round, actually. Uh, the Sharks 21, the Rabbitohs 20 at Shark Park, with Nico Hines getting the Sharks over the line. Um, but uh, you, you've got to like what you're seeing from the Sharks at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, what Craig Fitzgibbon has done, you know, right from the start. Look, look they play a bit like he, like he played, you know, and... and um, he's uh, he's done a terrific job with that team. They've been very good right from the early matches in the season, um, and, and probably have still got room for improvement. Yes, me. You know they're still improving. That's why they're a danger. And given their draw, they no longer play any top eight sides. They can finish second. You know they they can finish second. So the sharks are um, the sharks are more than just uh, you know thereabouts. They they are a genuine contender if they stay on track at the moment for the next five weeks. Go into the finals with some serious momentum. Win the first week, and then you're only one match away from the grand final. What a season for a club that didn't make the eight last year. Right, the uh, interesting result of the weekend too, um, and gee, it's hard to take a, 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 an accurate read on the ELC stays, but they pulled on five tries in the first half. Uh, I mean, uh, that was an incredible performance, 34-10. Yeah. Uh, so Brad, Brad Arthur thrilled about that, surely. Yeah. Oh, look, and, and it's worth noting, they were playing very well when Nathan Cleary was sent off. They were in front. So it wasn't just a matter of they didn't win. They, they were going to win because they're down to 12 men. I, who's to know what would have happened if it stayed 13 on 13? But what I did know is that Parramatta were going better than Penrith when Cleary was sent off. Not by a whole way, but, but they were going better. So, And they've proven they can step up for big games before. It's probably the most frustrating thing for Brad Arthur, that he's a side that 
you know, losers games they're expected to, to win or, you know, they just, but they have this really good performance in them. So the question mark continues to hover over them, but they've proven that on any given day, they can really get up and play a good game. And they did it again the other night, albeit the second half was, you know, foot off the pedal, um, Cleary's out, bit of a bludger really the second half in terms of what Parramatta had hoped to see. So the, uh, he's taken the uh, the early plea by the sounds of things, uh, Nathan Cleary. Yeah. Uh, he gets yep. five weeks. Five weeks. Um, is that significant, uh, you feel, in the context of, of uh, the last few rounds? I thought five. Five or six would have been what I would give. It was a, Nathan did everything wrong here. It's often in these dangerous tackles, the attacking player uh, can contribute to it, you know, movement and that. But Nathan took the, the grip between the legs. He lifted and he drove. So... That's why there's great concern. So five or six weeks um, was right in terms of that suspension. Okay, so um, does that mean the Panthers are under some sort of threat? I mean, could the Cowboys run them down late here? Uh, the Cow- oh, oh, well, Luai and Cleary out. Now, you'd like to think six points is a big enough buffer. And, and you know, they're you know, still a terrific side, Penrith. But, um, look, I, I think they'll still get there. But the Cowboys, again, there's another side, like the Sharks. Their form's real. There's nothing There's nothing fluky or lucky. There's nothing soft draw about it for the Cowboys, really. I mean, people have said they haven't done a lot of trips to Sydney and some of their matches and what have you. But, you know, their defence is real. Their defence will carry them a long way in this competition. Um, they're a threat as well, you know. And, and they, get, they finish first, second. Look, they're going to finish top four, the Cowboys. So, therefore, they have the, they have the second chance. Right, uh, I'm not sure if you heard, but last week uh, Katie Brown absolutely stitched up our own Mark Stafford with a fake Wayne Bennett call. Uh, you wouldn't tolerate that, mate, would you? Not at all. No, uh, no, 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 fake calls. That's not my go. That's not my go in rugby league vernacular. Not my go, that sort of thing. And, and certainly not um, trying to uh, impersonate God, Wayne Bennett. There's no way I'd do that. You'd go to hell if you did that. <laughs> you go to hell. What have you made of the first few days of the Commonwealth Games from Australia's point of view? Uh, top, uh, top the medal table. 22 gold medals um, and the women's rugby sevens winning gold today. But, no, look, we, we are hailing, um, if, if our audience isn't across the efforts of Emma McKeon, uh, Emma McKeon now is the most successful athlete in the history of the Commonwealth Games in terms of gold medals won. And, and she'll win some more. So... She won the 50 freestyle this morning. She's now won 11 gold medals at Commonwealth Games. Um, she's an amazing, an amazing sports person. Uh, Emma McKeon uh, from Wollongong, uh, south of Sydney, home of well, one of the homes of the St George Illawarra Dragons, um, and uh, is just an incredible. You know, one, they, people talk about the Commonwealth Games. You know, it's not the Olympics. It's second rate and all of that. But Emma McKeon would probably be winning gold at the Olympics right now if it was on. And, and Australia had the four by 200 freestyle today. Well, they set a world record. Can't do any better than that, can you, Smithy? So, you know, the Commonwealth Games, it's on. Good luck to the families and the athletes. It's been a tough couple of years, so good to see that some of the athletes have their families there to watch them perform live too. I think that's a a real plus. And and did I see uh, Emma McKeon involved in some sort of relationship scandal? Did it hit the headlines over the weekend? What's that? It's absolute BS, all of that. There's too much coverage. It's clickbait, Smithy. Um, so, so Emma McKeon, well, she was once with Kyle Chalmers, a 100, you know, top Australian male sprinter. Um, but now these days her boyfriend is Cody Simpson and their people have tried to, you know, bleed that out that Kyle Chalmers, because he's competing in some of the same events at this hatred, I don't even want to go any further to it. It's crap. Kyle Chalmers is, is a solid, great team man and an outstanding swimmer. Cody Simpson's a remarkable story and Emma McKeon's an absolute champion. They've got their private lives 
I'd, I'd rather that stays private and um, they're competing there for Australia, both individually and, and spurring each other on. So play on. Okay, so um, in both the men's and women's hockey, uh, you may well, well be aware that New Zealand and Australia are clashing very shortly. How are you going to handle a double uh, double whammy by us knocking you over there? How, what, what kind of reaction will that got? Yeah, the, the line just dropped out there, Smithy. Um, yeah, you're obviously talking uh, back on the rugby league. Yeah, no, you're right. Parramatta's performance was outstanding um, in that first half, and, and you know they, they, they showed they've got it in them. Good performance. Yeah, sorry, Smithy, the line dropped out. I didn't hear what you asked there. Yeah, okay, fair enough, uh, Voss. He quite clearly can't hear us anymore, folks, so we'll, we'll let him go. We won't try and call him back. <laughs> we just hope, because he can't hear us, we just hope that he has a, a good remainder of the week and we look forward to his rugby league calls next weekend. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.